0: if you believe in your sport and what in your endeavor that the milliseconds matter which most of them do and in, in the, in the fractions of percentages small things do matter don't get hung up on them but acknowledge that you know the scientists say, believe that you know the butterflies that flap their wings in south america eventually you know create the weather patterns that we have here in north america all of that together um of soaking things all you know up around you and and um and then laying those dominoes down and creating positive momentum if you believe in those things that eventually uh you do them in the right way and with the right people and you could eventually change the world you can change you know a butterfly can change the weather pattern you and i an individual can change the trajectory of of the human race
1: Welcome to the Whole Shebang. I'm Jen Briggs, your host. This podcast was born after seeing patterns of burnout, disconnection, and lost passions in all of life. And I believe it's because we functioned in part and not in whole. Society has championed a sort of overdeveloped left brain hustle culture energy. And I think we've shoved right brain principles like empathy, intuition, creativity, and playfulness into the shadows, and it just isn't working anymore. But here's what excites me. I'm seeing signs everywhere that we're entering a new era that is vibrant and magnetic. So I'm inviting you to come along with me as I interview authors, business owners, and of course, chat with my friends. You'll learn new practices for everyday life, cultivating creative approaches to run conscious businesses, develop more dynamic relationships, and most importantly, I believe that you'll become more and more wholly, authentically you. It's what we truly need, the complete package, the whole shebang. So buckle up, Buttercups. We're diving in. Friends, today I am so excited for you to get the opportunity to meet Aaron Cooper, former Nike designer of 25 years, now consulting worldwide his work with global athletes from kids to fitness fanatics to Serena Williams, LeBron James, Scottie Pippen, Kevin Garnett. It's empathetic. It's intuitive and uncommon, at least in my opinion, to say the least. Aaron is passionate about soaking up experiences with others, learning about their culture and working with them to imagine what could be possible in creating newer and better products that connect emotionally and solve a problem. In short, Aaron believes that the root to brand success is found in one word, empathy. And if you know me at all, you know that I'm excited that today we dive into this conversation about what it looks like to build a business based on a foundation with the key to success being empathy, play, creativity, and innovation, and how all of those things combined not only move the business forward, but also actually push the human race forward uh, for betterment and, and a positive impact. So we'll hear about his lessons from Nike, and we're also going to hear uh, several of his life lessons, kind of his hypothesis and motto for how he chooses to live. And uh, coincidentally or not, very serendipitously, uh, that's part of how he got onto this podcast today is that he um, pays attention to opportunity in front of him, and he is very giving in sharing his wisdom and knowledge. And so it is an honor uh, that I had to sit down with him, and I am really thrilled to be able to share the wisdom that he shared with me. I hope that you enjoy this, and I trust that it's going to make a positive impact in your life and in your world. Aaron Cooper, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the whole shebang.
0: Well, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Have been looking forward to it.
1: You've been busy. You've been, um, you've been traveling the world. Yes.
0: Uh, a little bit, yeah. Well, we met after when I was coming back from Asia. So I was in India for a week and China for two weeks and then I just got back from Berlin.
1: Okay. I can't wait to hear we'll we'll share with the listeners kind of what you've been up to and what's uh, bringing you around the world. Let's let's go back if you don't mind a little bit. I would love to hear so you were at Nike for 25 years, yes. Correct. Okay. Can we go back prior to Nike? I would love to hear kind of how you got how you got started, how you got into that, what your background is. Uh,
0: well, I'm a designer by education. Prior to that, I was a child of, of, uh, of my father was a preacher. My mother was a social activist, actress, um, very open family, very open home. Um, yeah, we were flying, uh, you know, Rainbow flags before they were even a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of diversity in my home. Um, my father was the first one, I think, in the Pacific Northwest to have a, a female um, preacher in his church.
1: Mm.
0: Back in the late seventies, I think it was early eighties. Didn't really go over so well with a lot of parishioners, but my dad didn't really care.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: So. Yeah, I grew up in that type of home, and so very, um, uh, yeah, empathetic. I guess both by genetics and by um, so by nature and nurture, and I think that with my creative, um, yeah, blood that came from my mom's side of the family primarily. Um, I do have you know creatives and, and designers and artists in the family, and so those things all coming together, I think, just made me want to get into. You know, helping to solve people, you know, solve problems, make lives better, um, mm-hmm. and do it through design. And so, I went to the Art Center College of Design and uh, studied industrial design there, and and then looked to get an internship, like a lot of college uh, students do, and found um, Nike because I was a kind of an athlete growing up, and mm-hmm. you know, Nike has designers, and I love sports, so I figured I might as well look into it. Became the first design intern at Nike in 25 years of oh, history.
1: <laughs> You're just gonna glass right over that one. Yeah. Did you like pitch that? Did you go in and say, "Hey, you need me to be here"? Or how did you land that?
0: Um. Yeah. Actually, I. I. Well, my school said, "Don't bother. They don't do internships." And if you were to ask my mom, at least, my, probably my dad. If you were to ask them, how to get me to do something. Um, the quickest would be to tell me what not to do, um, and uh, <laughs> and so I, I don't like I, I like being different. That's another thing is my mom always told me that I was a square peg in a round hole, and mm-hmm. I was gonna I was gonna cause me some troubles in my life. And sure enough, she was right. Um, I don't like doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. I like to kind of break molds and, and help people see to, through different lenses and. Um mm. so when my school said don't don't bother, I I looked into it and found somebody that had that was working at Nike that graduated from Art Center, so I got a hold of her and she gave me the name of the person that headed up design. I called just cold called him. Um and uh yeah, again the rest is history. I mean, I, you just you just gotta pursue and and uh be relentless about it and mm happen always you know right away and you just have to keep pursuing and have a Mm. have a map and yeah just go about it
1: i love that you've got children yes
0: i have three kids yeah i have a 25 year old son a 22 year old daughter and a 18 year old daughter
1: awesome i kind of and um, segued or jumped into that because I'm thinking about, you know, obviously, with all of our lives, there are lessons that we can extrapolate. And that is a huge one that you, I'm assuming, throughout your career, were like, I'm just going for it. And you don't tell me I can't do it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I just, I was mentoring a, a student, well, actually, he's a graduate uh, looking for a job. and just was talking. I do a lot of mentoring. Both in person, online, now over Instagram, which is crazy, but uh, (laughs) but yeah, I do what I can to help others, and um, which I guess is what my dad, mom did. Like I said, it was kind of genetics, Mm. Uh, and it was just sharing with him. I share with everybody. Like you got to have a north star. You got to have a a Mount Everest. You know what? What's your mission? What are you looking to do? And that can change over the over time, which is fine, Um, and and. Once you have that in place, then you just got to build a map, you know, start making a map. Um, Mm. And if it's a place that nobody's ever been, you got to, you know, make your own map. It doesn't exist. If it's, if it's something that, you know, if, if uh, in some case, so if if Nike is your Mount Everest to get to, you know, to work to Nike uh, one day, there's many maps out there and then it's just a matter of, you know, finding those people that, that have already created those maps. And, um, you know, is it something that you can follow, you know, the same map or is it you have to kind of use that as a starting point and then make your own. But mm. yeah, it's just that, you know, constant pursuit of, um, of either writing, you know, creating the map or following a map and, um, and then having that, That North Star. I I mean, I've always had, I've always had North Stars. I think they've they've been brighter, you know, in years past. Sometimes they get faint, but they're still there, you know. I still Mm. have something in mind that I'm working towards.
1: I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to put a pin in that one for a second on your North Star. Let's talk a little bit about Nike. Uh, You were there for a lot of years. I'd love to hear about some of the, some of the lessons that you took from that? I mean, there's probably so much. I don't even know what to ask you exactly, but, um, what are some of the big lessons you took from your time there?
0: My biggest lesson, just off the top of my head, the first one that comes to mind is it's actually in the book that Phil Knight wrote called Shoe Dog, which is, you know, the day you start worrying about the business, meaning the financials, the day you start worrying about the business is the day you should start worrying about the business. Uh, and that's just simply really the wrong focus. Um, focus on serving the population you're trying to help out. Um, and uh and the rest, you know, the financials will come, the revenue will come. Because if you if you truly focus on on them in an empathetic way and understand who they are and what they need um at an emotional level, they're gonna they're gonna come with you. Um and they're gonna buy, quote unquote, buy whatever you're selling, whether that's a physical thing or a service or a um a sentiment, whatever it is, whatever you're you know, selling and whatever um they're gonna they're gonna follow you. Um mm-hmm. and that's what they did for, you know, thirty, four well I don't know, forty plus years, forty-five years, and I think over the last few years, um, Nike's struggling a bit because I think they're they're serving the wrong master, they're serving the wrong population, they're serving Wall Street. Mm. They're serving they're serving the the, the share price, um, mm. and so I, I think that's just a different. Yeah, so I've always I've always believed in um, empathy is is the you know the root of understanding. Um, I mean the day that we're all empathetic to each other is the day we have a world peace. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, How do you, how have you cultivated that? Well, let me, so I'm thinking about you and Nike and I'm kind of thinking about who you're serving and you work, you've worked with some iconic, uh, some legends creating iconic sneakers. Um, were you serving the athletes? Were you serving the consumer that was buying other that was buying the sneakers like who were you serving and who you who were you seeking to be empathetic to
0: always depended on who um so if it was serena williams i was being you know trying to be empathetic with her but i believe she's not one in a million she's one of a million there's Mm. a million people there's a million serena williams is out there there's tens of millions she happens to be the one that that Became the greatest of all time, and certainly in the in the sport of tennis, but maybe one of the greatest athletes of all time. Um, that's her gift. But in terms of who she is as a person, a human being, there's millions of people like her, and that's who she wants. That's you know, um, she wanted to inspire millions of people. So, so working with her to to be empathetic about the athlete that she's trying to be and the goals that she's trying to reach. Um, you know, I don't. I think there's this you know similar people out there trying to do the same thing and so she and i worked together to create something that wasn't just specifically built for her it was something that was built for her that you know millions of other people would appreciate and, and also want so um mm-hmm. so that's yes yeah, so, but and, and i wouldn't have told you know high school classes i've told like if you if if you and I were to work on a, you know, if, if you run and, and you had, you know, you're like, oh, running shoes, just, I haven't found my perfect running shoe. Well, you and I could sit down and create um, a running shoe together that, you know, if you didn't have some, you know, um, you know specific running, you know, specific issue that we're trying to solve um i would guess that i have lots it, of right. issues
1: can you solve my problems <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're just talking about running right now and footwear uh, oh
1: yeah uh, okay but, never mind
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah so so we would work together to do that and my guess is that there's probably a lot of people like you and um but that's also you know at nike that was also our job to make sure that we weren't just serving you know a very small population that there was actually you know a business to be created there
1: i feel like that's such a powerful sentiment that she is not one in a million she's one of a million when you said that just like your perspective on humanity that's maybe a big way of saying it, it is I, so powerful
0: she so good example uh, also back to the analogy of the mount everest and the map and so her mount everest was i mean she had many of them she was she had many peaks right she was you know and she was climbing whenever you know climbing to the next peak for every. Um, uh, for every slam that she was entering. And that was her Mount Everest of the time. Uh, and so, but she didn't, um, so that was her North star, her Mount Everest, you know, that analogy. Uh, and then, um, she had a pretty good map, right? Uh, she built it over time and she knew what she was doing and she stuck to it. But trust me, um, there were times where she was laying in bed, you know, and didn't want to get out. She loves her bed and and wanted to sleep in just like a lot of us do. But her North Star is so bright that Mm. nothing's going to stop her. She knows what she she knew what she wanted. She wanted to win and she knew Mm. if she didn't get out of bed and go to the gym or go to the court and and train, she was never going to get to the top of her mountain. She was never going to, you know, reach her North, North Star. So, um, that's where, you know, a lot of these athletes again, they're just human beings. And I I think they, I've heard from, uh, actually quite a few of them that they appreciate that about me is that I treated them as such that, you know, Mm. know, acted as human beings. I didn't put them on a pedestal. We just worked together to create something that they were in need of, um, something that I felt that they could use to help them achieve what they were looking for. And, um, that was my job too, was to at least meet their expectations and then I think most times um, we at Nike ex- would, would exceed their expectations and if you mm-hmm. meet or ex- exceed th- their expectations then just imagine you know, the majority of that population that you're trying to serve you're going right. to serve them as well and that's my point back to you know, if you f- stay focused on that population that you're trying to serve in this case with Nike focus on the athlete and, and uh, being empathetic to them and, and serving them the rest will come i mean it's it's inevitable but if you've mm-hmm. focused on wall street and trying to serve the, the business you're only going to know what is being sold today um and eventually that'll dry mm-hmm. up and
1: mm-hmm. you'll, put,
0: you know, you'll put too many of the, that you'll put too much value in that and and put out too much product you'll whatever like there's a number of pitfalls that you can fall into, um, Hmm. if you're listening to the wrong, the wrong voices.
1: Yeah. So if I'm little Jen enters Nike or wherever you're working Mm -hmm. and I, and I'm focused on selling as many widgets as I can, you know, and I'm maybe don't have a, I'm not attuned to this idea of empathy. How would you coach someone in a business setting like how specifically does someone cultivate empathy? What does that look like? What questions are you asking in those moments? Or how would you teach someone to tune into that?
0: Uh good question. I mean, I think I'm an experiential learner myself. So my my best way and my favorite way is to try to eat, sleep, breathe, uh, you know, and, and live in the shoes. <laughs> I guess the pun is intended for Nike, but you know uh live in the shoes of the the people you're trying to serve you know walk a mile walk a mile in their shoes um so you know like uh my travels like when i went to india working with this company in, in india um i you know i told them i want to you know live like them i want to be immersed into their culture as much as i can, can in one week uh and so that was the objective um, and i think i did a pretty good job in just a short amount of time and uh, I certainly need to do a lot more, but, um, but that's the, that's the goal is to reach an empathetic level with that population so that if, you know, whatever I'm designing for them, you know, hits them emotionally, it just doesn't solve a problem. It connects with them on an emotional level. And I don't mm. think you can do that if you don't have that, you know, if you really don't reach that em- that empathy, um, and so if, you know, just educating yourself as much as possible, uh, about the population you're trying to serve. Um, you know, if you're a founder of a company, typically you're, you know, you're of, a lot of times those founders are of that population. They see a a need because they're living among it. Um, and so, but then sometimes the business Either evolves outside of that or um, grows beyond their their capabilities, and that's when they need to bring somebody else in. But they got to make sure that that the person that they're bringing in also has that same empathy that em- empathy for the business that they're trying to create and the the population they're trying to ser- serve. And in this case, like I think, you know, as your company grows, you certainly you know the, the small group that you start off with you know, typically that's again, from that population, you're, you're all from the kind of the same birds of a feather flock together. Right. Uh, and, but as you grow and bring in more people, um, you may bring in an expert of a particular part of your business, but they might not be of that population. I'm not, not to say that they have to be, but they have to have a, at least a big enough curiosity and a passion for that population to be on a constant Mm -hmm pursuit to build to, to gain that empathy if they don't mm. example if you're working out at nike you don't care about sports i i don't know how well you're going to do it's serving sort of that <laughs> population you may do great in a corporate setting right. and if, if if that company if that said company in this case nike is rewarding you for the business you're doing but you're not reaching an empathy then I question whether or not Nike is, or that said company, is on a is going to be successful year in and year out. If mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like your, yeah. your kids need to need to have that empathy. They need to have that understanding of who they're trying, who they're trying to serve. And again, they don't have to be that person. Mm-hmm. So they have to be curious enough to and and but a strong enough passion to um, to to find the empathy that to, to gain that empathy.
1: It seems like such a simple and basic idea to approach business with empathy. And I don't know how common it is. I don't know what you've seen, but I just, I think, I think with some people it is, but I, my experience has been that it's so easy to get just like spinning in your mind with the objective. And so it's like, okay, here's the objective. I'm going to go, I'm going to chase it. But to lose sight of like putting yourself, like you said, back in that person's shoes, and when we do, of course, we're going to, I would think, be a lot more successful because we're really solving their problems and connecting with them in a way that feels meaningful. Who doesn't so want that?
0: It's the, it's the objective is your objective, uh, about transactions about financial transactions, or is your objective about building a relationship? Is your objective about building a successful financial a company of, you know, a financial company? Based on revenue, or is your objective about building a generational brand? Mm. Like that's if you if you listen to like old um, interviews, uh, you know, or or even like business like executives of successful companies, they typically will talk about if it's a product company, they'll talk about the importance of the product and that it connects at an emotional level. And they'll talk about the importance of their customers or their members or their subscribers or whomever that population is and how important that relationship is. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the product and it's the relationship you have with the people you're trying to serve, period, end of story. It doesn't, you don't need, uh, I mean, you need to market, you need to market to get the word out. Um, in that marketing, if you're, if you have a, a strong enough relationship with, um, your population, then that marketing will speak emotionally to, um, to those people you're trying to reach. Um, but yeah, at the, at the very end of the day, it's down to that simplicity of, um, of the product and, and of the people
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and so the product and the people and the empathy is at the foundation. Like those are, that, that's your formula.
1: It's a pretty special secret sauce formula, I feel like.
0: I mean, it's pretty, but, but to your point about making that happen, and you can't do that. Like, I can't, if I'm creating a product for India, I can't do that sitting in my desk in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I can learn a lot over the internet. The internet's a great tool, it's amazing. I can learn a lot now doing Zooms with people that live in India. Amazing. Like, but at the end of the day, I, I, you got to go live. You got to eat, sleep, breathe, and walk in the shoes of that population. I don't. Hear, I mean, they're, name any successful, long-term standing brand, and that's that's how they were built, and that's how they continue to to grow. Yeah
1: that's so great yeah getting in there with the people connecting in a real way it seems to me it feels like it's getting out of this idea of like okay I'm on the internet I'm doing research I'm very in my head I'm very concept I'm conceptualizing what they need but that's very different than getting in on the ground level with them and Absolutely. like you said building a relationship yeah. um for the people that don't know I feel like it might be I don't know. I I don't want to put you on the pedestal, but I do want to say how... how
0: (laughs) Where's this going?
1: (laughs) You're about to find it. I just think it's... uh, how we met, I think, is fun. We were in the airport. We we're, sitting, you know, I had a long layover. You had a long layover. I'm sure you were very tired getting back from India. And we got, we got to chatting. I was with a friend of mine. She had a couple glasses of wine, and oh my gosh, she's got a podcast. And one of the things that you said you were speaking to this idea of empathy in business, and then also the importance of play in business, which is what keyed me into this. Would be really great to have this conversation with you. So first of all, I just want to acknowledge that. This is, this is time out of a busy schedule for you. And I'm really grateful for you being willing to share your wisdom and experience. So that, that's Great. the pedestal part <laughs> that I appreciate. Um, secondly, I wanted to circle back to this, what you meant by that, the importance of play that's kind of stuck with me. And I, and I don't, don't think I had clarity on what you meant by that.
0: Well, um, for me, play is at the, at the, the base of, you know, it's, it's the beginning of the, It's the foundation of, of, uh, creativity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Creativity is at the foundation of innovation and innovation is, you know, is, is what pushes, you know, and the, the human race forward, um, in almost kind of like in a full circle, you know, that, that idea of empathy is, is, is at that foundation. Like you don't. When you, when, if you were asked, uh, people like when you're, when you're actually like the most uninhibited form of play with others, there is a level of empathy that you have with each other in my belief.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if, if you look at how, if you get a bunch of kids together from all over the world, put them in, if, you, if you're, if you're to fly a bunch of kids from all over the world and put them into a playground, um, and let's say they're six years old probably six because i think any older they start things start happening but four to six years old like they only care about one thing like what game are we going to play like if and if if i you know if if i would ask you like hey let's let's go you know play basketball or something and you're like well i don't like basketball i like to play with barbies like okay that's cool let's go play with barbies like i don't I don't think there's at a certain, you know, age up to a certain age, there is no, there isn't, you know, there's some people, you know, kids lean one way or the other often, but, but play is play like that. You know, uninhibited play is just fun. kids make up games and it's kind Mm -hmm. of the difference between in where I think the problem is uh, an issue with, um, with sports in America right now is that it's becoming more and more a pay to play model. sports Mm -hmm. and so um so there aren't that many kids anymore that play the games of sport Mm. they compete in the sports but in terms of just playing the game of basketball or soccer uh, in an uninhibited way um making up their own rules as they go in the driveway or out on the street or in the park um there's not a whole lot of that left anymore Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, and unfortunately, I think it's a big issue. Um, hmm. And so to me, that's, again, that, that, and, and also in our school system, um, there's not a whole lot of just uninhibited play that happens uh, on the playground or in the schools. Uh, I think that's also an issue and, and the safety of our um, cities and the playgrounds. And, um, you know, a lot of times if you go to a playground and if there's kids there, they're being accompanied by their parent pretty closely well that means that they're only going there when their parents can take them and you know all of our lives continue to get seem to get more and more busy and you know single working single parents uh two working parents you know that the the time um is constrained and so but when i grew up uh you know you'd go to the park it was safe to go to the school park your local park by yourself with your friends and go play and um So there's a lot of that, a lot more of that happening. So,
1: hmm.
0: so that, that's, that's uh, to me, why the importance, why play is such an important part of our life. Cause it is the beginning of creativity. Creativity is innovation and innovation leads to, you know, pushing this hmm. forward. And, um,
1: that's a really so. helpful framework. I'm curious, do you, I don't know how to ask the question, but do you like do you practice play in your your everyday life as a grown oh. adult? Are there things that you're like, hey, I'm feeling a little rigid. I need to go play.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank you for calling me out on that. I mean, there's a lot of things that I um that I I often find myself preaching and and then struggling to practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: and so, you know, my form of play is getting to the gym. Um and uh going for a run um i do have a hard time sitting still i have a hard time like staying in the moment uh because i you know most of my life is at least my profession is out in the future um and so i do struggle with that but i i'm trying to be more empathetic to myself to Mm -hmm. be um acknowledge that that's a problem i have and that i at least acknowledge it like you know what's the first step you know is that you admit it uh, <laughs> and so i know that that's a problem that you know but that idea of like um being in the moment um mm-hmm. is uh yeah so my i work i work out and i know it. I'm you like, are I'm,
1: not alone oh, in that i mean it's like,
0: right? no for it's- sure
1: yeah, you're not alone in that. And that's part of why I asked because I, it's part of what I've seen. I think just, I think we're all better off when we have that in our lives for all of the reasons you just said. And I'm feeling that in the workplace, that if we really want to unlock innovation, w- we have to build the muscle of imagination. And where does that come from? I mean, it's everything you just said. And so, right. So I've been working on, and it is an effort. It takes effort to figure out like, well, how do I play as an adult? What do I do? Playing piano, playing an instrument, doing some different creative things that that's a muscle that if I exercise it here, I'm assuming it's going to apply over here. But um, I don't know. I just don't think we put a lot of focus on it. And we don't, I'm setting goals. I'll set fitness goals, but am I setting like a play goal? No, I don't have it on my list this year, but I maybe should add it in.
0: That's super interesting. I love that um, because so one of the things I do for a workout is I, I go, I have um, three parks in my neighborhood. They're all spaced out. I do a circuit. So I start up my house. I run to one park. I do a circuit, go run to another park, do a circuit, run to another park, do a circuit, come home. It takes, if I can get get it done in under an hour, then I feel really good. Uh, and it's about two and, two and three quarters miles or loop. And there are times that like I'm at their jungle gyms and I'm doing pull ups and doing all, you know, doing my thing and all body weight stuff. And, and sometimes there's, you know, there's kids that are playing there. Um, and their parents during COVID was super interesting because I was still doing it and parents were getting out with their kids and I'm working out next to their kids and they're, they're sitting on the park bench on their phone. And I had a couple of times where they blew up at me saying, Hey, you know, you shouldn't be here, this is, you know, this is for kids and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, says who? Like, what, Wow. I'm not, like, I'm just a bigger kid. Like, I didn't, like, that's part of the problem. Like, that's part of my, and funny enough, on the flip side, that some of the kids would be like, hey, what are you, like, that's cool, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just playing like you are. And, and then they would try to emulate me to try and do pull-ups and we'd kind of work out together. <laughs> And I would, and I would ask their parents, the friendlier ones, you know, as that as we would get engaged in a conversation of like, at what point in our life does play turn into a workout? Yeah, because if if you just go to a jungle gym, if I go to a jungle gym, do pull ups and monkey bars and do all that stuff, like in just emulate a kid,
1: <laughs> it's a big workout. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Right, And there, yeah. there are like uh, uh, parkour, there's parkour gyms, right? That, you know, are they playing in there? If you were to ask a parkour athlete in the gym, are you playing or training or working out? What are you doing? That'd be an interesting. That question. would be interesting. The idea of play. That's why I said like a part of my play is going for a run. Yeah. Somebody else might be like, well, that sounds miserable. Let's not play to me. That's, and that's cool. Like I don't, you know, do your, you know, whatever your play. Perform. And and I'm also fortunate in that, you know, creation is play to me. So I, you know, kind of working it sometimes is play for me. So
1: I was saying that to a colleague recently or working on building some, um, yeah uh, some training and facilitation things out, and I said, This is so fun. I feel like I'm in a sandbox, and these are like i'm I'm playing with ideas or you know building a business to me feels like play, and I think a part of the reason it feels like that is because um because I'm focusing more on that in my life, you know, so that's starting to be a little bit of more of a filter of how I see things, which is really fun,
0: yeah, well, that's again like why. In this company in India that I'm working with, that's what we're trying to bring back is, is again, at what point in our life do we all of a sudden become an adult and say, "Oh, that's you know, that's for kids. Like, stop yeah. playing or, stop messing around. Stop playing around. Get serious." Well, why? What? what <laughs> that's the beginning yeah. of the end, right? I mean, that's yeah. We should be in, enjoying. Um, you know what we do, and and balancing. You know if look, and a lot of people aren't as lucky as 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 at least I know I am to have a job, and that I feel like it's not necessarily work. I mean, sometimes it feels like work, but majority of the time, I'm like, oh, I like, don't work sounds hard. Mm-hmm. I think my job, when it's you know when I'm having the most enjoyment, is is easy. It's fun, mm-hmm. um, and so so yeah, I I. I uh, that idea of bringing play into my life and, you know, it's a little bit more gray, I think, but, um, but for others, you know, making sure you bring in some level of play, some level of enjoyment that balances out the, the hard work that you have to do. Like it's, yeah. you know, the work hard, play hard. And um, you asked about my kids. I, I, I was, you know, I was sharing with this um, person I was talking to the other day. I think uh for my kids, they grew up in this neighborhood of play with high performing um parents and 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 uh mentors of so, you know friends of mine and and parents of their friends and I think uh now they're having a little bit of a struggle because a lot of their peers aren't from that kind of um that world right like they're mm-hmm. Yeah, they they expect things. Uh, they're of that generation, right? Um, right. So they're having a hard time kind of fitting in with with new peers that aren't part of their peers that they grew up with, because um, it's just a different, um, yeah, different lifestyle that they grew up with. Sounds
1: like they'll have to follow in your footsteps and break some molds. <laughs> yeah,
0: I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Okay. I snooped you on Instagram because I had, you know, I had to like learn a little bit more about you and I came across a post where you were talking about sponges, dominoes and butterflies. So would you speak a little bit to that and what that means?
0: Sure. Uh, we can also share, um, so my, my Instagram, I started, I don't know, eight months ago now, six months ago. Um, and it's, it's just Aaron.ac.cooper or at Aaron.ac.cooper. And, uh, I just started it just to share stories and, um, you know, build an awareness, get, get a voice out there. So I can, so I can get people to connect with people that, um, that I might be able to help. And, and it's been mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and I've already made a, a, you know, a lot more, um, friends around the world that connecting with them and helping them and, and, and doing what I can, um, and part of that is uh, the, the the sponges, dominoes, and butterflies is something that it's like my my hypothesis on life. Like I, I, I go around with hypotheses uh, for work, for projects. and I have a big one for um, for life. And if if I got hit by the proverbial bus today, and you could ask my kids, you know, what three things did your dad believe in? They would tell you sponges, butterflies, and, and dominoes, and other. There some of their friends have heard that too, and. Um, and so that's kind of my hypothesis. Like if you were to boil everything down, that's kind of what I believe this life is all about. So sponging, um, soaking up everything around you, uh, with all of the senses that you were given. And I've been blessed with all five. Uh, so mm. and I tell people actually I use this when I, I, people ask me, Hey, what was India like? I'm Like, well, your five senses are redlining all the time. Wow. Uh, and it's, it, it, for me, you know, in the life I live, I mean, it, it's exhausting. Like it is, it's pretty manic. Um, all those, you know, having all, all of them, you know, buzzing at that level. Mm. But while I was there, like my job was to soak all that up um, and to find that empathy, right? So soaking all that up uh, and then and just in life in general is, is use all five of your senses, soak up everything around you. And then equally important, you got to go and, and squeeze it out for other people to learn from so that you mm. can then absorb new things. So if you just, mm. and that's why, if anybody asks me, oh, what was India like? Or I'll offer like, oh, I just got back from India, it was the cool, like, I bumped into strangers, actually, somebody at the airport, um, actually it was the the, the uh, currency exchange woman at the airport. I just asked her, I asked her a separate question. And she's like, oh, well, where did you just come in from? And I said, oh, I was in India and China. And we just started talking and I shared everything. Mm. I, like, about india and she's like wow that was amazing thank you so much and so the more you can squeeze out and share with other people so that they can also learn um and soak up from you and uh then you can also then um absorb uh more so that's all about sponges then the dominoes is a part of that where you know i have no idea what um that conversation with that woman at the currency exchange uh will do for her or where she'll take that, but she may then take that and do something else with it. Um, she may still be standing up another domino and those dominoes may eventually evolve and turn into something and knock something over and, um, and create something that we never thought imaginable. And we may not even, they may be you know off on a trail that I'll never know of in the future, but um, but I think it's important to always create positive momentum um, mm. and like just, constantly trying to be a positive force uh, in this world and, and try to stand up dominoes, whatever those are. Um, and then, uh, the butterflies is just the, that I do believe, I don't, I try not to get hung up on the little things, but I do believe the little things matter. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty famous for <laughs> saying that at Nike, that millimeters matter. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like that helped athletes believe like if you believe in your sport and what in your endeavor that the milliseconds matter which most of them do in, in in the fractions of percentages then you should care about the millimeters of of the footwear and apparel that you have on your body that you're trying to perform in um so to me the millimeters matter small things do matter don't get hung up on them but uh but acknowledge that you know, the scientists say, believe that, you know, the butterflies that flap their wings in South America eventually, you know, create the weather patterns that we have here in North America. Um, and so <laughs> uh, all of that together um, of soaking things all, you know, up around you and, and, um, and then laying those dominoes down and creating positive momentum. Um, you know, don't tell people that it was a dumb idea because they may not, they may keep them from setting up their own domino um and then and then that you know if you believe in those things that eventually uh you do them in the right way and with the right people and um you could eventually change the world you can change you know a butterfly can change the weather pattern you and i an individual can change you know the trajectory of of uh of the human race so i mean it's it's, it's it's all science it's all fact it's all
1: Love that you're saying that because when I say things like that, because they're big, they're big ideas, but they're small ideas to me. Everything you're saying to me feels like a version of, um, well, a piece of what I'm taking from it is how interconnected everything is and to not downplay all of the things that we do from day to day, whether it's meeting you at the airport or this the conversation I have with somebody at the grocery store, who knows what perfect what exam- the effect of
0: perfect example so uh soaking up so i'm at the airport i hadn't slept for probably 48 hours uh wondering where i was gonna how i was gonna get home because my flight was delayed um i saw a chair uh next to you guys um i didn't feel i, I felt like i don't know i just something that's kind of called to me about like just sitting in that, in that space. Um, so I didn't, I didn't push that aside. I, I kind of, you know, I soaked that moment. I've soaked that, that up and, 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 and uh, was aware of what was going on. So I sat down. Then we started creating more, you know, momentum together, those dominoes. You asked me to do this. I said, yes. Um, and who knows someone in the future may listen to this and hear something that we talked about and that may change what they're doing in, in a positive way. That we will never know the result of, yep. but you know, I believe that, um, and I, I believe it because it's happened to me too. Like, yeah, blessed to to have people come back to me, and now it's happening over Instagram, amazingly, um, just from the the footwear that I've designed, that Nike created, um, that uh, that have, has gotten out there and, and has literally changed people's lives. It's a shoe, yeah, because of what it meant to them and how it entered their life and. I mean, I can tell stories for days, but um,
1: yeah.
0: those are the things I believe in. Next maybe, a a, maybe
1: a next tattoo idea for you. <laughs>
0: Just next kidding. Tattoo, I am working on... Something. Do you want to get
1: a sponge tattoo?
0: No. But I, <laughs> I, I will... Because I, uh, another thing that I... Uh, my consultancy that I have that I started when I left Nike is called Moonshot Molecules. And so it's kind of the idea of like... The connecting a moonshot with you know a big idea, changing the world type of idea, like the butterfly effect of you know what can happen, and the mo- molecular structure of you know the, the behavioral things that are happening today, like soaking up the little things, um, and then it's the dominoes between you know those those uh, behaviors to the moonshot, um, and it's you know having the ability to have one eye in a telescope and one eye in a microscope and to be able to connect those two things together and see them very clearly. Mm. Um, that's my that's always been my objective is, um, in what I create and, and uh, you know, with um, yeah, with the clients that I have and the work that I do.
1: Um, mm. So
0: the, the moonshot and the molecules and the sponges, dominoes and butterflies kind of fit in between that. And the person I am yeah. is this idea of kind of a square peg and round hole. And um, so it all kind of fits it all fits together, at least in my it own does. mind.
1: Is the moonshot molecule, is that your new Mount Everest, your new North Star? Or what's your, what's your Mount Everest right now?
0: Um, great question. My Mount Everest right now is to uh, to get to a place in life, and financially, um, where I'm able to uh, work on the projects that I believe have the most value. Um, and afford me the ability to travel the world and, and build, continue to build empathy with the, the people on the planet. And, um, and with my three kids, you know, have them living in different places wherever they want to be and um, be able to spend time with them at any given moment. Um, and, uh, yeah, and just enjoy the, in, enjoy the life that I'm living in the planet that I'm, li- I'm living on in a constant continual pursuit to help make both better the people on the planet.
1: Pretty noble.
0: Uh, yeah, it's fun. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, they're both the same thing. And I just like, I, again, I, I don't, if I just want to be happy in that pursuit and, and, and believe that it's, it's making a difference. And, and if at the end of the day, I can, if it can be built up into something that's, that's at some level of a legacy to leave behind. Um, mm. Great. Um, I think the importance is that you do it. Like I, I don't, I, I, that's my, my hope is that I, I'm making this world a better place. I don't like, mm. I just don't, I've, I've read books. I've heard stories. I've, I've heard from people. Um, you know, when people have a near death experience and they wake up and they realize that you know, life is bigger than themselves. Everybody, there's a human truth I believe that everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Unfortunately, some people don't realize that until they're until they're on their deathbed. Yeah, some people are fortunate enough to to have that happen to them, and then you know have a life to live thereafter. Um, but uh, and I think it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse to be you know as young as I am to to have had parents that that instilled that in me and, and to have a, a life that is, um, further strengthen that in me. Um, because that's now the pursuit that I'm on, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, you say it's noble, but it's, um, I mean, I'm trying, you know, um, and it is sometimes it, you can let it get a little bit too big, I think. Sure. Um, sure. Both, both negatively for you. And then also negatively for others. Sometimes i I can get on pedestals. I can get on soapboxes. I can get, I can, I can get a little overwhelming for people. Um, that's something else I've, you know, tried to acknowledge about myself and and be careful of. Um, but that's also where Mm. I, I enjoy it. That's why I'm on this. Like I enjoy these types of, I'm the, I'm the type of person at the party that if I can find the one person that, you know, we can sit in the corner and have deep conversation about something like that's kind of what I enjoy. That's, that is a party for Mm me. I like to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the part of it when you're talking about like, I want to make an impact when that's coupled with the way that you're doing it is, is something you love. It's fun. You enjoy it. It's not just like, well, I'm just going to try to make the most positive impact, even if I hate what I'm doing. And that's the dream to me is to live a life that that's what I'm working on doing right now. Like with this podcast, it's like, man, this doesn't feel like work at all. I love this. And I hope that it is a catalyst that it propels people, that it helps change people that it, but I'm not doing it because I feel like I should, you know, it I'm doing it because I want to. And that's yeah. Yeah. I think that's similar to what you're saying. Okay. We're close to end of time. I have one more question for you. Okay. I think I have one more question for you. (laughs) if you if your 20 year old self was standing here right now what would you say to him knowing what you know now
0: enjoy the ride Uh, like i've been so 20 years i'm 53 now so 33 years like yeah just enjoy the next 33 years because they're gonna be amazing like i mean i've had struggles for sure um, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I think that this, that, that continues to be my, uh, you know, I, <laughs> my 53 year old self tells me all the time, you know, to, to enjoy the moment, be in the moment. Mm. Like, um, and so if I could have learned that back when I was 20, so I'd be better at it today. I think that would be um, what I want. <laughs> Because I'm still not very good at it. Yeah,
1: it's a practice. In fact, my, so
0: my my logo, my what I sign, because my you know AC, um, I would do like an at sign, and I've just evolved it so that the A is a square and the C is obviously a circle. But it's always been this kind of meaningful to me because it is. It helps me remember, like, be in the moment, be at, be where you are at in this moment. And so this square peg and round hole, be happy with who you are. Don't try to change, you know, um, like I'm, that, that's also like, what I want to share for others too, is like, I think we're all kind of square pegs and round holes. Some people have, you know, have molded themselves to fit into where they want to be, which is great. Um, for them, I, I, I'm trying to constantly, like I said, my mom said I'd have an issue, you know, cause I am a square peg and, but I'm just, I'm trying to become more comfortable with that. Um, and happy about it. Cause I'm, I still fit in the world that I live in, you know, score pegs do fit in round holes. They just kind of fit awkwardly. Um, <laughs> and so trying to be comfortable with that. And I think helping other people, you know, be the same, like I score pegs and octagon pegs and star shaped pegs and <laughs> round holes. Like there's nothing wrong. I
1: feel like that's how the butterfly effect works. It's so cliche to say, like, just be as authentically you as you can be. And I think that's, that's the design. I believe that that if, if we all could tune into that as much as humanly possible, everything would flourish because we need you the way you're designed to be.
0: This is, and this is where I have the biggest problem with where our society in the U S is right now. And we can finish Uh, the podcast on this because i will say um a very merry christmas to you and happy holidays and if you say well i don't celebrate christmas i'm jewish i celebrate hanukkah then i will say that's amazing and awesome have an amazing hanukkah next call we have next time we talk i'd love to learn more about i don't know that much about you know i know some but i'd love to hear more from you Like whatever happened to that relationship and that ability to have a conversation, because today in most, at least corporate environments, they can't, you you aren't even, you will get pulled into HR if you say Merry Christmas, because you could have offended somebody in the room instead of that person saying, Hey, I don't celebrate Christmas. Oh, that's cool. What do you celebrate? And then you, again, back to the full circle of where this conversation started from building that empathy and all that you know like that's cool let's play some you know let's let's tell me more about your you know your celebrations and how you you know celebrate and I'll tell you more about mine and you share some with me I'll share some with you and that sounds like a lot of fun to me and diversity by the way is what also drives innovation so mm-hmm. but we're never going to be diverse and we're never going to be empathetic we're never going to get to where we want to go as a human being as a human race if we don't have these conversations So Mm -hmm. that's, uh, yeah, that's where I, that's where I want to get to. And that's why, you know,
1: That's huge. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you for, um, being an example of that and creating space for these conversations, not just here today, but in the work that you're doing and in the people you bump into, it sounds like everywhere you go. Um, I think it's a, it's a really powerful example of something that we can all pretty easily, I think, pull into our own daily practices. So.
0: Well, yeah, I would say it's easy to, to acknowledge, not, not easy to um, practice every day, but, but again, like at least acknowledging and understanding that, you know, we can all be better um, and get on a pursuit for betterment. Yeah. That's all just as long as you, as long as we all stay on that pursuit, it's the same thing like with working out, like if you want to, if you want to get more fit, if you want to lose weight, if you want to, if you want to gain more knowledge, you got to read the books, you got to, you know, soak up the information, you got to do the work in the gym, um, but life gets in the way. So you might not get to the gym today and that's okay. Get to the gym tomorrow or yeah. instead of getting to the gym today, go for a walk with your dog or go for a walk with your family or do something to stay on that pursuit the problem is when we fall off the tracks and then come up with excuses of um or we get into ruts um mm-hmm. and we don't have the ability we don't have people around us um, to help get us back onto um that path that pursuit that we're on so
1: mm-hmm
0: that's another. I'll just sorry. to Keep going. That's another one. Um, <laughs> hey, I,
1: I welcome everything you would yeah. like to share. <laughs>
0: the idea of uh, birds of a feather flock together. I think it's really important. Um, and I've heard this, and I've have seen this. Um, surround yourself with the people you want to be like. Mm-hmm. So, and that it's really difficult. I can't even imagine that some of the lives that I've I've encountered and the people that they're they're they feel stuck with. Is if you don't, if you don't, if if you're having a pr- trouble with the person you are and the person you want to be, I mean, look around you. Are you surrounded by the people that you want to emulate? If you're not, that's a you, you gotta. But I'm saying like that. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, there's people that are in in some pretty awful situations that really difficult to get out of. Um, but that's yeah. a big. Birds of a feather flock together. So it's important. It's not
1: easy, but I think I personally think that's one of the things that can be a one of the biggest um factors in cultivating the life you want to live, you know? And as soon as you start to take aligned action with those relationships lining up, whether it's work or personal, things can shift pretty quickly. I think. Yeah. And yeah. that's so not easy. It's so it's not easy. <laughs>
0: No. I mean and, and hey, yeah, I, I hope that, you know, we can all work together to to like I said for betterment so that you know if you're in a situation with people that aren't great, um you can at least first try to help make them better. Yeah. Um, before before leaving that situation. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's anything else? To, Is there I anything want to else you about? wanna
1: yeah. say, Aaron? <laughs>
0: Get me going. So, yeah. Yeah. I got to be careful. I'll step down.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, are you on the pulpit? Are you on a pulpit right now?
0: Yeah, no, no, it doesn't see. feel like it
1: to me. I and I referenced that back because your father, my dad was actually a preacher too. And I worked oh. in a church and church music for 10 years. So, um, wow. yeah yeah Hmm. thank you thank you again for your time it really feels um, serendipitous and special to have had this conversation today I really appreciate it
0: yeah it was great uh, meeting you at the airport and uh, yeah stay in touch you know where you can find me
1: sounds good we'll share all of your contact information in the show notes as well and uh, let people know how they can get a hold of you too so thank you Aaron
0: all right Jen thank you
1: hey you Yes, you. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope this episode is supporting you on your path to becoming the strongest, shiniest version of you. My goal and hope is to continue helping people through this podcast. So if you've enjoyed this episode or taken anything that's helped you out, the best thank you would be to join me in moving this forward by doing two simple things. If you haven't already, following the podcast is very helpful. Also, apparently the algorithms really like reviews. If you can take a minute to leave a review, Artificial Intelligence would love it and I would be so grateful. Feel free, of course, to share an episode with someone who you think may need to hear what you heard today. Thanks again, everyone. I genuinely appreciate you. And I'm so thankful to be building a community like this together here. I'll catch you later. In the meantime, have a banging day.